Hello. Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have a very special guest, just a guy in the world. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a man in the world. The, the mysterious sounds of my voice are all you're going to get. No name, no title, definitely no plugs. I got nothing to plug. His name is Ian Harris. Oh, no! <laughs> and today we are talking about Jesus Henry Christ, released in 2012, written and directed by Dennis Lee, about an 11-year-old genius who tries to figure out who his father is. I think it, it also says it was released in 2011. It was like, um, was it, it was like in a film festival the, in 2011, um, and then theaters Because I know Tony was pregnant while filming. Where it had a Ooh. box office of a whopping $20,000. Nice. And, yeah. More okay. than it deserves. <laughs> Seems to be this director's biggest credit, too, yes. from what I could tell. Does not have a Wikipedia page, but this director, which neither do we. Executive produced by Julia Roberts. I was shocked <laughs> at so, that. That, to me, was the climax of the film. Was, yeah. was executive producer Julia Roberts? Maybe he Julia like, Roberts reads a script, and she's just like, I just love that it's about, like, a family and how we make a family. <laughs> so this is another entry in the canon of movies Tony is in that um, make no sense, and the lead is a child, and <laughs> The voiceover she, narrates it. Yeah, and she's a mom who's a little confused, but um, she just goes with it. And that seems... That's she loves literally, her kid. She makes some mistakes. That's she, the most common movie for her now, I feel She's like. She's always, like, a mom to a precocious child. And it's also another film about mind things. Mind uh, things? Mental, mental <laughs> like, so she pivots from mental illness. Define sure, 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 mind sure. things. This okay. isn't necessarily an illness, but it's like a prodigy mind thing. Okay. Also, the You know what was a fucking illness is when that kid... <laughs> The baby at nine months is having full conversations, but then when he cries, it's just like a baby crying. He's like, that was so scary to me. <laughs> so overall, we didn't like the movie. Oh, is the vibe? I don't know about that. I'm you know, I'm curious about that because like there are themes, and I think there is a good movie in here oh, somewhere. Sure. Yes, but it's not executed in a way that is giving us the goodness. Yeah, I think there's multiple movies in here. Yeah. Um, that it, are not fully formed. And it's also like, apparently, it, it felt to me like he didn't believe in foreshadowing, but only shadowing. <laughs> because a lot of times they'd like introduce a conflict that was resolved in the next 20 seconds. Right. Uh, uh, of like, I think especially at the end when like Martin Sheen's in, in this big meeting with the dean of the school and he's like, well, you know, you got to publish or get out. And that's the first time we've heard about that conflict. And he just yeah. and he immediately steps up and decides, well, I'm out of here. And it's like it's the most big dramatic scene. And the emotional climax For this of the character movie. that we've never seen before. Yes. The emotional yes. climax being being that he finds out that he's named after his uncle who was mentioned once previously. Right. It, there was, uh, it, there was like, they, they tried to do, <coughs> they tried to do like 10 things and they did all of ten, all, all of those 10 things very shallowly. Mm. Yeah. And it would just like, if they just gave depth to some of these bigger issues, like the idea of like, what's the role of a sperm donor father in the life of a child? That's like a really interesting and raw concept, concept to explore. Yeah. I thought and it I was, got almost none of that. I thought it was so stupid that after introducing that, which is interesting, it instead became about this random guy that 
um, the doctor's wife was having an affair with. Right. And it's like, (laughs) oh, well, maybe he's the father. And which I don't understand. Was it a question at some point in the movie that the guy Gunther could have been Henry's father? Yeah. Yes. How would that have have been possible? Uh, Well, I. Mixed his sperm with it. Yeah. I think we're right now giving it more thought than the people making the movie yeah, ever did. Let's like do a quick bullet point synopsis sure. for the listeners because this is a very confusing movie and sure. that, um we're gonna have to talk about it all over the place, but people should know like the, do you wanna do it or shall I? You you do it. Okay, so we have um we have uh a little boy no. So <laughs> the little boy who's a prodigy Tony Collette's his mom, who has this tragic backstory with her family and her, like, really awful father, who I thought was her father for a long time, but it, that's irrelevant. And anyway, she raises his kid, and then he finds out that he was a test tube baby, and Michael Sheen might be his dad, uh, who is a professor of something? Oh, and he wrote a book about being a gay for his daughter who was tormented for it, and she finds out that he might not be her dad. And then they find out they're related, and they're brother and sister. And then at the end of the movie, they're all kind of a family. And Tony gets over her fear of lighting birthday cake on fire because that's (laughs) how her mom died. (laughs) Which really was not to do so much with the cake as it was her her dad. It is never addressed... That, that he killed her? He oh, yeah. killed her. So, so yeah, yeah. Here's in the what first happens. five minutes. Okay, in the first five minutes. It's her whole family, and she's ten, it's her 10th birthday. Young Tony Collette, like, flashback. Yes. And um, she needs a lighter, and the dad sucks, and he has a lighter, and he starts talking about how he was almost shot, but the lighter saved him. And in he passes war. around the lighter, like, still lit, like, open mm-hmm. to all of his sons until he gets to the mom which confused me because I always see like a little warning on every lighter saying don't keep this lit for more than like 20 seconds and I was like wait what happens if yeah, you keep a lighter like lit the, for more than 20 the eight, seconds the 70s or something so I just feel like it was um a red herring for mm. what was going to happen because what happens is that Tony Collette's mom sets her arm on fire a little bit she puts it out herself but the dad says, I'll save you, and throws whiskey on her. <laughs> she bursts into And she bursts into, into flames. And dies. And dies. Yeah, yeah. On Tony Collette's 10th birthday. Which is just a montage of death that's happening. That's yeah. just the one, it one death of many. It turns out that everybody in her family is dead. Except for the shitty dad and I, her. Yeah. Well, and, and the brother who... So the, the draft brother who like, fled to Canada. Which was another like not him. fleshed out plot line. Like, the brother yeah. comes back at the end and it's supposed to be like this... I think it's supposed to be like this big moment. But they gave him no time at the beginning at all. So it's like, okay, well, another random character shows up, I guess, and yeah. I care. And then one of the two of the other brothers are being homophobic, and then they end up dying in a car. Yes, yes. Um, one dies of AIDS. One dies of AIDS, which is important later for some reason. Mm. And then... the, the little boy, while he's narrating it in the beginning, is just like, Uncle Jimmy died of AIDS. Nobody talks about how he got it. It's like, okay. It was hard to tell if this movie was homophobic or not. Yeah. I think <laughs> it was both. My, well, I guess my, my read on it, my read on it was <clears throat> they they really thought they were quote unquote woke. Like they really thought like, oh, we're, we're given such a powerful message here, but they weren't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think there's they... no message given. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I think in their mind, it's like, uh, there was a lot of, like, 
we solved it narrative at the mm-hmm. end too, which is always problematic. Like it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I I, I struggled uh, uh, with my sexuality and being bullied, and and uh, I, I struggled not knowing who my dad is. But now we're all together, and now we're a happy family. And who cares if my grandfather murdered my grandmother? It's the end of the movie, and we're smiling, and the tone is uplifting. It's like okay, and that's problematic. Tony and Michael Sheen didn't end up together, right? They were just. They had, like, sexual tension at the end yeah. in a weird, like, end of Mulan type way. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like they could have just thrown in a random scene of them kissing. I, I don't know. To wrap up the family. Well, that would have made it 11 things, and that's too many for <laughs> one movie to have. <coughs> I Stop. think, yeah, it was, they were I'm also, popping. like, they were really playing into, like, the the, the weakness of, of Michael Sheen as a character for a long time of, like, he, 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 uh, he folds at the first opportunity and, mm-hmm. like... Part of his arc of like finding his strength to stand up to the dean, which by the way, again, anticlimactic. Like it, he had tenure. There was no risk involved in him standing up to the dean whatsoever. (laughs) Never never any stakes. Um, Yeah, never any stakes. And so, uh, his emotional journey didn't pay off for me. None of them paid off. That's the weird thing. Well, and the kid was very like, what's his name? Oh, Henry. Duh. (laughs) So yeah, the the reason this movie is called that is because everyone in the family. Right, either right before they die or when something is happening, they say Jesus H. Christ. And the movie, the the girl, Audrey, she's like, oh my god, what, what does the H stand for? And then Henry's like, I don't know. And at the end, she's like, that's Henry. <laughs> Implying that he saved them all with his messianic ways. So he's like a prodigy because he can record everything with his... He has yeah. like a photographic memory. But, photographic memory. Yeah. Yes, and he goes to college at age 10. I wish that we could have gotten more scenes of him in college Yeah, classes. there were because none. he enrolled and we never saw it. <clears throat> and yeah. he starts and... hanging out with a girl who's 12. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the... I, don't... I actually don't want to talk about that. Ian, what were you about to say? Wait, about what? Her? I was going to mention when she first, like, really shows up, when he's like, I want to go see my sister and, like, tell her that yeah. I'm her brother... And she just walks out and just starts screaming at the top oh, of her Oh, my gosh. Because she sees her dad with, like, two other people And in she the was car. dizzy, probably. And she was... Because later she screams and she's dizzy. And she was dizzy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And so she just screams for a really long time. Henry parts the crowd that's staring at her and goes to see her. And he's like, Audrey, you're not alone. Somebody calls her a lesbian. And Audrey immediately starts making out with him. Yes. And then he's like, I'm your brother. And all the children laugh, well, and he, then she pukes in the car. Specifically, specifically, he says, I'm your half, and then the kiss happens. And then he finishes brother, yeah. as if it was under... It felt like a <laughs> moment that worked in the script, maybe, but not at all in the no. movie. No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, well, I, could see, I, could, I see the beats of it, of like, oh, you're trying to throw people off the scent. Oh, but you did something worse. I see how... Narratively, that's a device, but it didn't. It didn't play it. Her all. whole narrative at the beginning is that she's called a lesbian, a right. lesbo, by all the kids because her dad wrote a book about her called. Was it about her specifically? Yeah, it's what about is this it? book? Okay, okay, <laughs> I couldn't figure that out. Okay, so this this was this was freaking me because he raised his daughter as like a psychological experiment oh, okay. to see like. Basically saying, if you don't raise kids expecting that they'll be straight, then they might be gay or something. 
she, so she he, was gay because of him. He just says like I raised my daughter without asking her like to be straight, trying to free her from like heterosexual gender norms. And then the book is called like Gay or Not. <laughs> they like and it has her face on the cover. And yeah. it has her face on the cover yeah. and Oprah is like Wait, is, is Oprah in it? I don't even know. She's in the credit. She's like she, she was. She, she's like she's like, hey, is it child abuse to use a child your own child as an unwilling subject for a psychological experiment that they couldn't possibly have consented to? And he's like, I just wanted to do the best for her. And Oprah, that was Oprah. I didn't. I, I don't. I honestly, I don't remember. We know okay. it was Oprah because I know that somebody else mentioned Oprah oh. later on. No, yeah, they mentioned her being on Oprah. I also was just, like, watching a video of Oprah on Twitter before watching the movie. (laughs) Oprah is in this movie. Like, she's credited in this movie as herself. So I I think we all missed that if she she, wasn't. Yeah, maybe she was. It could have been a blink and you miss it. Like, I was making some vocal breaks. That, to me, only makes sense because Julia Roberts. That was 100%. Uh, Julia Roberts calls up Oprah. Wanna (laughs) be in this? Yeah. I think Oprah knows she was in it. Like, 20 years. Should we DM her? (laughs) But I, um, yeah, so then she, later there's a flash forward at the end of Audrey saying, I'm Audrey and I'm a lesbian and everyone, and then Tony and Michael Sheen are like crying in the, in the crowd and clapping right. for her. Well, like on the nicer end of moments, I kind of like the symmetry of the, the lesbian daughter kind of coming full circle to have a, a Tony Collette type montage of like yeah. empowerment. Like that's kind of fun. Like I kind of enjoyed the amusement park scene of like, yeah. that was you cool. know, he's, he's pushing her to, uh, get through her fear. Um, so again, I, I want to say there's a good movie in here, I think, but it's just drowned by, the stylistic so, choices so are weird. insane. Yeah, all the very gory, dramatic death scenes are Gory, strange. dramatic deaths. It turns into a foreign film for a little bit, which is like, uh, it's kind of like a quirky oh, technique that I like. The Spanish but, scene? That yeah, but nice. it, it didn't, I don't know, it didn't work for me in this movie. It, oh, yeah. it felt like it was, it felt like, if it that was, was like that a... It was weird that it only happened once. That's what I'm getting at, I guess. Yeah. It's like, if it felt like it established, like, oh, we're jumping around in stylization uh, more than that, then I think that moment would have hit harder. I totally forgot about that. The grandpa, like... Tells him he's a sperm donor baby in Spanish, in Spanish yeah. at a <laughs> at a park bench nursing home. Oh yeah, nursing home. Yeah, I guess right. And Tony tries to figure out what padre means in Spanish for the next thirty minutes. <laughs> um, is there anything else about this movie? That We're happened? fifteen minutes into the podcast. We're fifteen minutes into the podcast. <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. Well, I knew that. I I knew that this was okay. I I definitely got to talk about the the white guy. Yes. Oh, the Rachel we can't. We can't Yes, yes, that's an apt description. Because, again, that was another thing of, like, you know, there's a potential that you could explore a concept like this, but not in the way that you're doing it. No. Um, He's, um, he thinks he's black. He tells the kids he thinks he's black in his heart. Yeah. And that's how he knows his black son is his own son. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's like a transracial sort of yeah, moment. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's also, it's bad. It's also crazy because that kid is the only black person in the entire <laughs> movie and he's a monster. I know. His True. only thing is Henry says something and he's just like, everybody knows you don't have a father. It's Ugh. like, oh my God. And then, and then Henry shoots back. Well, you're adopted. It's like, what's yeah. happening? And then the, the dad is like dressed in the full African Bashiki. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like uses the worst Yeah, he says white devil a lot. 
like mm-hmm. language though, but like like black like a black scent. And yeah, it's yeah, 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 funny, yeah. And it's very uncomfortable to watch. Oh, incredibly. I just want to know what that like casting breakdown looked like. Yeah, I would never want to play that role. Imagine going <laughs> on like Actors Access and being like. It's like what you're known for. Like you put that in your reel. Um, wow. <laughs> no, in his reel, just goes the one moment where he drops the black scent, and it's just yeah. like, yeah. listen, I know that <laughs> I'm black in my head. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> the most selective editing. He's like, just like, like, and he's like. Can you you can kind of see Michael Sheen is trying to play in the background of this. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's like just so you know yeah. that I was in a movie with Michael Sheen and Tony Collette. <laughs> yeah. Which also up until this very moment I thought that Michael Sheen was Charlie Sheen's father. No, and, no, no, no. And when I heard and when I heard that Sarah Silverman was dating him for like four years, I was like, <laughs> that's so weird. Oh, I always thought his name was Wesley Snipes because that's his name in Thirty Rock. The char- he plays a character named <laughs> Wesley Snipes, which is another actually transracial thing. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he like dates Tina Fey for a while, and I like funny. Michael Sheen. I, Michael Sheen's not the problem. He's with very this good movie in this. He's in, he's in, uh, he's in Twilight. He's in, he's in, yeah. You know I haven't watched it famously, but I, I have seen his scene in it at a bar. <laughs> I haven't, because he's in the one that I never watched. The final one, or the... No, one of the middle ones. Oh, okay. You seen Twilight? Have you seen Twilight? I have not seen Twilight. That was not a part of what I was asked to do for this podcast. <laughs> you were supposed to watch... <laughs> you were, you were... And spe- read all <laughs> yeah. of them. You were supposed to watch at least the first one. Can I peek behind the curtain and just point out the sketchy websites you send people to to watch these movies um, because we're not gonna admit that on air <laughs> because we're not going to admit it on air what like you've never been on one two three movies before listen i i went from that sketchy website where i had to close a bunch of virus laden links yeah, that were popping up do you not have ad block i well i i i only i thought you were to download ad block I thought you were a millennial again. Well, yeah. I guess I I guess I want to give money to artists. I'm I you th- I was setting this all this up to say right after this I then streamed a Memphis Grizzlies game on a very similar website. So I actually I, I, I was setting you up I was setting you up to say I do do this. I'm but... gonna come out and say that I rented this movie on Amazon. Oh, because uh, little applause break. I believe I, in the I believe in the bootlegging. No, I love the bootlegging, but whenever I wait a little too long to watch the movie and I yeah. only have I don't have time for an extra hour of buffering. Yeah, I rent it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. If it's I like watched two bucks, this yesterday, yeah. then I would. It is two bucks, but I am unemployed. Sure, sure, sure. So this is sure. a big commitment for me to watch this movie. But that's why we're selling ads on this podcast too, right? Oh yeah, right. we're um, we're at a, uh, selling an ad for one two three movies. <laughs> one two three movies. <laughs> but locker. Check it out. Vod locker. You know what I miss? Mega video. Mega video never worked on my computer, what? not once. Mega video was the best. And um, Z share. Mm. You ever have Z share? No. Trying to remember all of them. <laughs> we get a little distracted sometimes. VIP box backslash basketball. That's where I go oh. for my Memphis Grizzlies game. Oh, is that? <laughs> or I don't. If you're a law enforcement listening. Oh, we have a lot of law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, big. You're fans. big with the uh, law enforcement. Cops community. love us. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says has said a cab and like every. Every time, not, not a single cop in a Tony Collette movie has ever done anything good, and that's praxis. What about that's the message that the world changing needs lanes. to see. Was there a cop in that? I don't know. Let's you loved that movie. I really loved it. I What's thought it was Praxis? Shakespearean. <laughs> what is Praxis? It's like, um, ask Gina to explain it to you. I, mm, I don't think she can explain it to me. 
Praxis is like um like physical like activism like karma. No, it's like um it's like the theory is like all women are like equal to men or whatever, and praxis is treating women equally to men. Oh my god, but I want to treat them better. Well, that's why you're a feminist. Was I supposed to say that with you? That's why you're a feminist. Sam's a feminist. That's wonderful. Famously. I support feminism. You're not a feminist. I try to be. (laughs) In the summer before our freshman year of college, there was a Facebook group for Uh our college, like class of 2017, where people could like connect and make friends. And I was really, really annoying in that group. And I one time made a post that was like, hey, is anybody else in here a feminist bitch? <laughs> and Jake complained to his mom about it. And was like, and was like, there's this girl in the Facebook group who's just like a feminist bitch. <laughs> and that's been Sam's then... name in my phone for seven years. <laughs> my mom was like, I love that feminist bitch became your best friend. <laughs> And your contact photo is Adina Menzel, ugly. Oh, wow. Did so many ever, peeks behind the curtain. Did you ever watch Glee? I did not. Why not? It was not a part of my assigned homework for this podcast. <laughs> no, I was like, specifically told 92 about, minutes was all I had to give. What about, what, what about when it came out? No, I didn't watch it. Why not? Because I was watching watch other things. After Corey Monty like died. I, I, look, I'm a sports fan. I get sucked into a lot of live sports events. Friday Night Lights. Uh, I watched some of it. I watched that for, for, so I went to film school, uh, and I watched Friday Night Lights in film school. So, uh, yeah, that's right. You're listening to, I'm just a guy, but I got six years of film school under my belt, including a master's from NYU in cinema studies. Well, so I have half a BFA in acting. I I didn't get the full BFA BFA because I got kicked out. You have a full BA though in acting and a minor in, uh, what, playwriting? (laughs) Right? No, creative, creative writing. writing. Sorry, creative. you took player writing though. Yes. And creative writing, the minor. Duh. I know that minor. I was not in it, famously. But you I... have a BFA in acting and a minor in studio art. Yeah, I do. I uh, only had to guess once. Well, yeah, but I was always <laughs> complaining about painting. <laughs> Is there any... Did anything else happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about the sperm donor doctor. Because sure. I really loved his accent that was made up. Oh, really? Because I, I, I wrote down an accent is not comedy. He was like, <laughs> is what I wrote down. I cut, oh, are you are you personally dragging me right now? No, because no, no. I just mean to say that it can't it can't be exclusively an accent that you're depending on for a laugh. I my think. Di- my dad told me that after uh, our improv team did indie cage match. <laughs> What? Is that what he said? He okay. came. Oh, he yeah, did. He, I remember. he came not to real cage match, uh, but after one. but after indie cage the match, like the second he one. was he was like, you know, you're really not supposed to do accents. <laughs> okay, what is not supposed to well, do accents different... mean? I'm not saying you're not supposed to do one, but I'm saying is if you're depending on the accent being the only source of comedy, you're making a mistake. Sure, but right? sometimes it it can work, especially if it's me. <laughs> Well, let's, let's hear it. I mean, you, no, no, you no, bring no, it no. to the table. Well, say you're saying, say you're something saying you could tragic, do... but in an accent that could make Was it that funny. the one when your this dad saw and me and Lindsay did racist. like the French characters? You and were, he was complaining no, about that? You were like, um, you were like Italian, like those, those oh. gondola people. Gondolier. That was in practice. Does your dad come to practice? <laughs> no, but I feel like, I, I feel like we did a gondola thing. Ew. Um, sorry. I... <laughs> 
a gondola thing. Our other guest who flaked just texted me, and I'm not talking to him back because he's a coward. We're, wow. always, we're always having people flake. I'm always... Okay. Not really. Okay. Listeners, we are not. This has only happened thrice. Or four times. So in some ways, I'm like a, a really great guest for just being here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like one of the best guests you've ever had. Literally, Nobody yeah. Nobody ever flaked when we recorded in Queens, which seems like way <laughs> yeah, more... <that's> Like, hard to get to. People would be like, I'm taking a $30 Uber because the train is down, but I will not miss this podcast. I'm driving from New Jersey. <laughs> um, that's some backstory. backstory. Oh, yeah. So, the, the doctor. The doctor, yes. I'm, I'm going to do his accent. Okay, wonderful. Okay. When you have disperms, you donate them. You're actually funnier than he is doing it. So, actually, I got to give you a little bit. I was called in for this role. Were you? Um, no. How'd that go down? Well, I didn't get it. Were, but no, you were fifteen. I liked, I liked this role. Um, and then he was apparently dating, um, cheating, no, having an affair with Wesley Snipes. I mean, Michael <laughs> Sheen's <laughs> wife. And um, so he thought because of that that, um, which did they ever find out? No, Audrey, that Audrey was not his daughter. No, Audrey, Audrey is, is his, his daughter. daughter. So yeah. like, okay. But we never it. found that out officially. No, we didn't. We saw well, the didn't paternity she say, test for... Well, for some reason, they said... They're brothers and sisters. I thought yeah. that's how we found out. Go ahead. Oh, wait. They look alike. <laughs> she looks a, She looks a lot like Tony Collette. You know, yeah. I thought that was going to be what happened. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow. That would have been crazy. You know, she looked like Tysa Farmiga a little bit. Oh, I wonder yeah. what happened to this actress. She, uh, she, she was in Carrie, the 2013 <gasps> one. Wait, she, had, she had a very oh. small role. Oh, she wasn't Chris Argenson. No, she wasn't. Chris Argenson, who almost played... Kate Gregson in right. Mm. Carrie was not on my assigned list of have things to do Carrie? to prepare for the. I have the not original. seen. I have not seen Carrie. Either of the Carries. I have not seen either of the. Don't Carries. see the other Carrie. I don't do horror movies in general. It's not a horror movie. It's a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, like okay. it's a Shakespearean tragedy. Sure, but it people is. say that about legit horror no, movies. No, but listen, it's, it's I very, it's, never it, liked horror it, movies. It's a modern day Medea. Yeah, I don't really like horror either. Specifically, it freaks me out. But Carrie is like way. It's like it's very campy, and it's you know also, what you can do is um right when they say prom queen and prom king. Turn um, off. Yeah. Well, the problem is that's the part I already know about. So I also feel like the emotional journey of it's not going to be as rewarding for me because I know the beats of it. So um, I'm like, why do I need no, to watch this? Because you don't um, know that. You know what happens at the end, though. Uh, uh, to some degree. No, but like, besides there's the there's uh, uh, blood comes down. She uses her psychic powers to kill the people and take revenge. Yeah, but then what happens after that? Oh, I guess I guess maybe there's a little bit I don't <laughs> the know. The most iconic scene, in my opinion, is right after that, when her mom. You can spoil if you want. Yeah. Yeah. So her mom stabs her. And then she kills her mom. Uh, and she crucifies her with knives. And her mom orgasms as she dies. Huh. Um, and then, and then, they then all, the house collapses. And then they all are huh. buried. Okay. So I don't need to see it because I've lived it. <laughs> That's just it's my like life. the best scene ever in any movie ever. No, the best scene is when she comes home and says, why don't you tell me what periods are? And the mom is like, you're a woman now. This is my roadhouse whiskey on his brow. And I like it. The other day I sent you a voice message randomly saying, coronavirus on his breath and I like it. 
I loved it. Jesus Christ. Jesus Henry Christ. So to point out for our listeners at home who maybe are not comedy aficionados, that was an accent, but the content <laughs> underneath the accent was humorous, oh. and that's why it worked. You're such a good teacher. Oh Thank you. God. Thank you very much. So are you saying that I am funny sometimes? <laughs> Is this... We, are we getting into this? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake, I think you have <laughs> tremendous potential. Aww. And you are working towards it every day, mm. and I've seen you grow so much. In the in the in the six months that I've I don't know, been seven, working eight, with you or so, um, and uh, and uh, you are going to leave us all behind when you become the star that you really are. Aww. You are going to create a new galaxy that yeah. we're not even a part of anymore. And other than feminist bitch in your phone, none of us will hear from you again. Was that the right term? Yes. Okay. Because uh, quoting that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Sam's gonna be. Uh, more famous than me, but thank you. I'm for... going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I've been licking the subway poles. <laughs> really? Why? You know there's an epidemic going on. What else happened? To <laughs> I watched this video of this oh, little how girl about... licking a, a railing for so long. <laughs> That was me. <laughs> um, okay, Sam, so, you're also wonderful. I have to compliment you before I'm moving going, on because I complimented no, Jake. I know you don't want the focus, no, no, but you're great, no, no, no. and in, that's it. In, in. <laughs> this grandpa sexually and racially harasses the nurse, and she loves it. And she, when he does, she like has a mountain of Kleenexes that she's crying into. Yeah. Right, yeah, no, she's the saddest at the funeral. That was probably the a bit of humor that worked the best for me, is that the nurse was the saddest one at his funeral. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but, man, oh, man. I think th- I think this was a comedy directed by somebody who doesn't uh, get comedy. I think that I think that's really the crux of why most of it doesn't work. Because that first death is played for comedy, and it's a, it's yeah. a mom being burned to death in front of her kids. There's nothing yeah. funny about it. It's like so early in the movie, and yeah. I'm just like, well, it's yeah. one of these again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the first lines is Henry being like, that's my mother, Patricia, the product of an unintended pregnancy. And I was like, (laughs) here we go. The very first line of the movie is, I'm your mother, call me, but don't call me Patricia. Yeah. And he's like, I will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, yeah. How many movies do you think Tony says, I'm your mother in? So far, just this in Hereditary. (laughs) Yeah, but there's another one that I saw a clip of on Twitter when people were like, range... (laughs) For a while, like, oh, um, I like when Tony says to Michael Sheen, you're just a test tube full of sperm. Um, um, how recurring of a theme on this podcast is it that we want, because I, because I felt this way watching the movie, we want Tony Collette to actually be the star and more of yes. the center figure. Is that, she, does that recur a lot? Yeah, she's yeah. weirdly, like, not a lead, like, She's, Except for when she is. She is like the best part of many bad movies. They flesh her out like she's going to be the major crux of the story. Yeah. And then yeah. they just completely almost leave her behind. It's mm-hmm. weird. I don't know. She is definitely still that actor who like takes the small role even if sure. she doesn't know. Like, cause I think she... I want to know what scripts she's like shown. Mm-hmm. Like what, what does she yeah. turn down? Mm. I need to speak to her agent. <laughs> I need to. Because, like, now they're doing a good job. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. really having a kind of tone of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
over the past year and year or two because like hereditary put her back on the map her um awards conversation yeah. you know knives out knives out she was a big part of that um, unbelievable unbelievable hopefully she can be She'll probably be... And we that know that Dream Horse is going to get a lot of acclaim. Oh, for sure. Dream Horse but is going to be what? the best she's, movie of the year. She's also going to be in this movie that a lot of people are talking about called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yes. And it's like her and Lupin and... <laughs> Lupin? From yeah. Harry Potter? Yeah. David Thewlis? Uh, yeah. And someone else. Um, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Sheen. <laughs> she's really worked with everyone, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh. She's incredible. so many people... In, what if I can turn the tables on Absolutely. the podcasters for a second? What what is the greatest like running theme you've noticed of watching Tony after Tony after Tony? Like is is there is there a through line that makes her great always, or is it the fact that she can like adapt like her individually or the films? However you want to answer. Because the films I would say now fluctuate between Australian eccentric dramedies and. Um, non-Australian films where she's a hapless mom to a child lead and horror movies. <laughs> and yeah. films centered, most films For centered sure. on mental illness. But I guess if we zoomed in to her performance, like, what, what do you um, notice about her, like, technique? Or, like, uh, what, 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 what she seems to enjoy in her work? I don't know. Being a little goofy. Yeah. yeah. She really pivoted to maternal pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. She's a mom a lot. Um, I guess when Sixth Sense happened, she was like always just a mom. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, she probably got a lot of typecasting of the script. Well, yeah, talking mean, about the script she was being sent. That's not her only Oscar nomination. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is okay. unfair. But maybe I don't know. She Did she been... not get one for Hereditary? No, no she didn't. Wow. She, she got a nom, but genre gosh, bias. Wow, genre bias. Yeah, yeah. It was like a whole thing. Um. It was a pretty packed year, though. I'm not gonna. I mean, it's not like this year. Was she a lost wash. to like Girl Interrupted, I think. Mm-hmm. Angelina. Yeah. But why would she be the supporting actress if she's the titular girl? I was about to ask. Has she worked? Well, I guess we're jumping <laughs> around. I was jumping. No, back she's to not the, the titular oh, girl. She's not, okay. No, that's she, Winona. To jump back to this movie, does she happen to have any ties to Julia Roberts? Is that why she did this? I don't think no. so. How much can, can we blame remember. Julia for this movie? <laughs> Is what I'm getting at. I don't know. I don't think she's ever worked with her. Yeah. At least hmm. not before this. Hmm. They feel like maybe they'd go up for the same roles. Really? Maybe. That would make sense. Oh, yeah. God. Imagine August Osage County. I with know. Tony. She would be so good. Who are the sisters in that? It's Juliet Lewis, Julia Roberts, and. Isn't there a third one? Um, should be Tony. I just think of Benedict Cumberbatch, but I'm sure that's not who you he mean. Is, he yeah. is in that movie. He's uh, the incest guy. Mm-hmm. Love that. <laughs> yeah, Tony would have been great in that. Yeah. Tony would be great in anything. Yeah, yeah. So the bottom line is she elevates almost everything she's yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Because even um, when even when the script is like ridiculous, she always like takes it seriously. And she's grounded. Well, uh, okay. Similar question. Dream like recasting put Tony in any role, any movie. What's like? What's like the best possible? Like, oh, if Tony had done that, it would have been next level. Black Swan. Oh. <laughs> Any role. Any role. <laughs> All the roles. Oh, I, I think. Imagine her as the mom, or as Winona Ryder in Black Swan. Wow, I think that um, just because we were talking about horror movies yeah. being uh, up for Oscars, 
I think she would have been a little bit too young, maybe, to do Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. But that would have been interesting. She could have been the girl in the hole. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, my God. I know, it's embarrassing. It's not even a horror movie. It's a coming-of-age movie. I know. It's Jodie Foster's <laughs> coming-of-age. You know, she would have been good in... Um... Oh, fuck, I was just thinking about it. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Uh, move on (laughs) what i don't get is how uh the grandpa's lighter still works like 30 years later you are really zoomed in on that lighter (laughs) that lighter meant a lot to you that's what i thought about at the end i'm like come on (laughs) i was just so annoyed because it's like first of all if it's the lighter that killed your wife why are you keeping it and why are you passing it down as if it's like a good thing also why are you if it it shouldn't even work if it was shot anyway. Yeah. 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 It shouldn't work. And why are you getting a birthday cake to begin with? Get cupcakes. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many solutions to this that don't involve directly doing it over and, and over again. I don't think again. Tony needs to get over her fear because fire is a legitimate fear. Yeah. 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 It's not like her life is Like, limited. how is she suffering from not being able to use a lighter? She like, not. she can't smoke? Yeah. Oh, no. She is smoking. She smokes in the same oh she, she smokes. smokes. Yeah, you're right. She should That's smoke crazy. More. She she smoke more she, she only has a fear of lighting birthday cakes. <laughs> you know what her best you know what her best uh, one of her best side plot attributes as an actress is her accents. Mm, Speaking of sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. she literally always has a different one and always is perfect. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, I want to be very clear. I think accents are wonderful. <laughs> if you have an accent out there, that's fantastic. I support you. There's nobody who believes in you more than me. However, if the accent is uh, the crux of a comedic device with no humor lying underneath it, then I think you're just falling. Which you claim was the doctor's thing. I don't think I'm claiming it. I think it's a fact. (laughs) You you think the doctor was saying really funny things outside of the accent? You think, okay, Yeah. if we had time, I would pull up the doctor's lines and I would say, say them in a neutral American accent. I think you'd get no less. He said sperms. That's right, funny. but that's an accent choice, right? Oh, I guess. It's a linguistic, yeah. It's like same genre of choice. All right. I mean, I'm not going to die on this hill. <laughs> if it was if it was a neutral American accent saying I donated my sperms, that I would, would, be, I would, that go, would be... Ah! Multiple sperms. <laughs> sure, but then it's just like, then he's just kind of a zany... Then it's like a, a speech laugh, which is different than an accent laugh. Yeah. Tony's like, it was a Petri dish! Every five minutes. <laughs> um... This movie, do you think this had similar themes? Like, you remember how that Foster was, like, anti-adoption? And this yeah. one was, like, anti-sperm donor. It seems like, yeah. It seemed, like, anti- Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was... It. I had no idea what... Like, I just want to know the screenwriter's opinions on mm-hmm. everything that was brought up here. Because it seemed like he was, like, about to make a point, realizing that maybe like he shouldn't just come right out and say it and would kind of step back from it a little bit like there was a lot of like well what about like his real dad like i am your real dad and then it's still like "Hmm." (laughs) do we know the screenwriter anything about them it's the the same it's a director oh the director is the screenwriter okay well it's all adding up yeah it it just it it felt it it felt to me like a, a movie where they had like an awareness of these things but no details or specifics and nothing to make it real so like the bullying as we referenced earlier is just like the most surface level 
like uh, what's the word? Mad libs bullying of like fo- <laughs> yeah. fill in uh, terrible noun, fill in terrible adjective, and that's what the bully you know, does. And like there was no there was no. Um, feeling to it there was no yeah. oomph behind it there was no like I didn't think that this director had ever lived any of these experiences I think maybe that he, he had seen bullying in movies and was recreating a recreation you know that's what it felt yeah. like to me yeah. I fucking hated that little kid though the one who was bullying Audrey yeah yeah, yeah like with yeah. his braces oh, yeah he was all asshole yeah, it was awful. Well, I mean, like, to be fair, braces are really painful. And it was probably <laughs> yeah, in a bad He was also way. racist to the teacher. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, also an unnecessary... Also very unnecessary, yeah. It's just, there's yeah. so much out of the way unnecessary. It was like, it was like, let's just put, like, a Middle Eastern person in here to show that I don't hate Middle Eastern people. And to put it, like, put no doubt in the audience's mind that I am not racist. I'm going to have a racist character be racist yeah. so that I can have yeah. this character oh. say you're being racist and then, and then everybody Audrey, will know that I am not racist. When she beats up the kid and the teacher just doesn't care. I know, that teacher is like not empowered that. at all. I love that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, how about near the end when uh, they're looking through the old photo albums and Tony's brother, who has just been missing for like 40 years, who just came back, makes some like weird joke oh tony's crying she's like she's like i got mad at him and i wished that he would die and then he died and the brother's like well be careful for what you wish for and tony starts beating the shit out of him i know like for so long for so long (laughs) and she's hitting him like hard like punching him in the back for like yeah. three and a half minutes. The, the reason that that moment kind of worked for me is because that was one that they sort of set up with the, again, the kind of, there is like a sort of symmetry in the movie. And so uh, uh, the kids, the, the what's the girl's name? Audrey. Audrey and Henry uh, have that relationship where Audrey's constantly oh. kind of beating on Henry. And so it's kind of a nice shot of in the foreground, the young kids are beating on each other. In the background, the old adults are beating on each other. Yeah. I kind yeah. of liked that. But again, like... That's giving this movie credit where it often did not earn credit. Yeah, you heard it here first. Ian advocates for familial violence. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like at least it's at it's least okay. it's realistic. It, it's okay right. if it's the adults and the children. And I did like this image. <laughs> I just yeah, I wish Tony bonded more with um, Michael Sheen. Yeah. Hmm. What about when the post-it notes were flying around in the storm? So this is can I allude to my best my best prop was the, all these post-it notes. I thought that was a beautiful room. Like the, the set design room. of that and like the vision. I don't think the moment worked for me. Like it was uh, weird and like the fact that there happened to be a storm and that blows all the notes away. Like that was all bizarre. But like in terms of visualness and like the metaphor of letting go of all these thoughts. <laughs> Should we tell yeah. him about the our post-it note story? I, yes, but I was so jealous of the like set design team that had to write on all of these post-it <laughs> Like I was just like, oh, a like, a, like just imagine being told like, your assignment for this movie is to write like 500 post-it notes with weird psychology phrases on them. I'm like, let's do this. So, okay. Have we told this story on a podcast before? I don't know if we have, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Get at us, law enforcement. Let me know if you've heard this before. (laughs) (laughs) In our freshman year of college, um, we, I had these sweetmates who would leave like passive aggressive post-it notes Mm. on things being like clean your dishes and all this stuff and it was like 
you know, um, Mayor de Blasio, let me know if you heard the story. And <laughs> he might have. Jake and I one time, as like a prank, decided to write a bunch of nonsense phrases on post-it notes and put them all over like the door. one facing the toilet, like, don't poop here. And then like one in front of the... Or like, and then a secret one under the table that was like, hi, so-and-so. <laughs> it was like, hi, signed M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, yeah, surprise, yeah, yeah. And, then and the, like, the, one the, on like the, um, the peephole thing yeah. in the door don't that look. said like, don't look outside. Um, don't use the sink. Don't use the sink. On the shower head, you better not shower. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was so funny. One, That's very funny. One, I think, that just said, hi, Ava. Was there one, did we say don't blow up the enchiladas, though? Was that... Or is that later? Yes. Yes. No, it was. Because... Because she blew up in Because Ava would always get mad. Ava and Carly, mine and Gina's sweetmates, would always get mad at us for, like, <laughs> they would text us and be like, hey, the sink was wet this morning. If somebody could have done something about that, that would be really great. And then Ava Damn. would come home and, like, blow up her microwave enchiladas. Because <laughs> she just could never, like, cover them. <laughs> and... <laughs> You hear that, Ava? You're like oh, Rodolfo to us. You're dead. <laughs> I'm afraid You're dead. of Ava. So we, so we put up all these post-it notes thinking that it was going to be so funny. And we just, like, sat in, like, the table of the common area, like, chuckling. And our, like, cooler sweet mate, Carly, came, walked in and just looked horrified. And just looked at me and Jake and was just like, what she was like, she's gonna be so mad. She was like, she was like, Ava's going to be really mad, and I was yeah. like, and I was like, no, it's a joke. Like, it, it it'll be fucking fine. And then Jake and I went off to an audition, <laughs> <laughs> and Carly stayed and texted us like half an hour later, saying Ava just got home and she's really pissed, yeah. and like she's tearing post-it notes off the wall, screaming, "This is so tacky." <laughs> this is so tacky. It's a salt sack. And then, um, and, and that was the beginning. That was the end of the friendship. That was the beginning of the end of our friendship. <laughs> Such an iconic, like, four-month friendship that was. Because though. then, like, yeah, there was the whiteboard war after that. The whiteboard war, yeah. Where we kept writing passive-aggressive notes on the wall. I didn't even live there, but I was there every day, so I was, like, basically lived there, so. It was me and Gina versus Ava and Carly. Mm. But Gina... At the first sign of conflict, still to this day, it just goes home to Long Island. Mm. So really, it was me versus Carly and Ava while Gina was on Long Island for three mm. weeks. <laughs> yeah. And Ava left us, like, a handwritten letter that she, like, taped to the wall that was wow. two pages long. That was, like, accusations have been made. About me not cleaning up my enchiladas. <laughs> I would just like to state that these are false, and I have never not cleaned up my enchiladas. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a what a chill lady she sounds I like. Miss, um, she was great. Times. She was from Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I hope she doesn't listen to this because she definitely doesn't. Is she in law enforcement? We don't. I mean, okay. she could be. She might be. She she has she has a law enforcement attitude. She, <laughs> like, she has a cop attitude. Like she would, like she would come. Which across, is a compliment if you're listening out there. Like cops. like she would come across somebody like drinking on the sidewalk and be like, "Come on, <laughs> you know you I'm can't do that." In. Last time I heard from her, she made it's a fucking illegal. In all caps that said "Make America Great Again." Oh my god. So, 
There's that. She got into a fight with her dad <sighs> because he posted a picture of like boobs on Facebook or something. And he was at re- Hooters. Oh. He was at Hooters. He was at Hooters. And she and reported it as pornography. <laughs> and he got banned from Facebook. And then they didn't let her go to Easter dinner. <laughs> and then she like was crying and I had to, we were going to walk to school together and like I picked her up in the dorm at like 9.30 and I was like, we're going to walk together. And she was like in full tears and I'm like, it's 9.30 a.m. Do I really, I, I don't know if this was the same day, but like, we were walking to school and I'm like, I'm going to go to first Ave. I'm going to walk on first Ave. And she goes, oh, okay, well, I guess we can do that. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, you can stay on second. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And see, like, all of the specifics and rich details that we're able to laugh about of these moments are because we lived through them, or they lived through them, and I'm just observing on the outside. And that's what this movie is missing, and I brought it back. Living this through mo- things? Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing that's been... Li- it feels like nothing that's been lived through. It feels like a... Uh, a, a cookie cutter version of what they think is right and it also feels like it's about 20 years too late like you know if this movie was made in 1991 I'd feel very different about it I think it would be better it would be much better I think just because at least it, then it was ahead of its time rather than yeah. behind its time that's true but um, what other movies would be better in 1992 <laughs> <laughs> uh, just another note that I have about the movie um, when he when when the kid somehow gets Tony and Michael Sheen to meet at the same spot in the college and be like, "This is my father," and Michael Sheen has the fucking nerve to be like, "How am I your father?" When he has met this child tw- once, and the bulk of the conversation was him being like, "So why did you decide to become a sperm donor?" Yeah. And he's like, "How did you know I'm a sperm donor?" And he's like, "I just know you're a sperm donor." And then a day later, he's like, "What makes you think I'm your father?" Yeah, like, it's oh, he wrote about being a sperm donor in the in the yeah book. in the, in, the, in the book well it's still like which they burn the books i forgot we oh forgot so to he, then that. he forgot the conversation <sighs> should we move on to pro- uh, awards <laughs> is also, there anything else we have to say <laughs> i just have to say that they leave those burned books in that abandoned pool and never clean <laughs> the them fuck up was that abandoned pool for to burn the books in i think like, uh, like that was like that seemed very breaking bad yeah it's a good show. Um, <laughs> now, Tony Collette is Walter White. Now, that's a Tony yeah, Collette Wait, she would have been so good as uh, Skyler. Skyler. Yeah, that's true. She would have yeah. nailed that. I mean, she was already great. But... Yeah. Or if you guys were watching Better Call Saul. Oh, man. The man, uh, the lead female role in Better Call Saul is incredible. I wish I knew her name. Uh, I'm not uh, as good of a feminist as I want to be. Uh, Do you but... know her name? No. Is it like Rhea something? I could be. I really don't know her name, I've but she's it. so good in the show. Down. I she's so good yeah. in the show. She's fantastic. I don't fantastic. know anything about that show. Better call Saul. You watched Breaking Bad uh, before I did, but you didn't finish it. I saw, yeah, I saw some seasons. Um, I think that um, I left off when that guy Gus was just like a little bit creepy. And it was like, <laughs> oh, I feel like this guy might be up to something. But like before he actually did anything. Oh, he was, yeah, he was the, like, the main villain. Yeah, yeah. Is it? such a good season here on the Tony Awards we deliver three awards to every movie that we watch first of which is best prop so Ian what was your best prop I I alluded to it already for the for the keen-eared listeners but I'll say it again I love that room full of post-it notes I don't know if that's cheating because it's kind of like multiple props all together but like that was a that was a cool looking room and I like that wait can I ask you something what's that you had your uh, like finger is this anything 
That's from. That's not to do with the movie now. But this is where my movie notes start. I took no, uh, just just because it was illegible. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I write in uh, is a that chicken like, scratch that only I can read. This, so I take yeah. notes about Wander. I think I no no no. <laughs> there are notes about you in here somewhere. If I really oh want to go for them. Uh, let's see what color you all are. Uh, oh, oh, you're green, oh I think. Yeah, you're green, because I did the film notes in the same color. So well. I do have notes about you somewhere, and uh, well. I will not read them out loud. Uh, but yeah, I, I took about four pages of notes for this podcast, and I didn't need to, but I went to film school, and I felt oh. the burden, too, and my favorite prop is all the <laughs> post-it notes in the room. <laughs> I'm fading away. I'm fading away. What was your favorite prop, Sam? Um, my favorite, my, my best prop was Henry's manifesto on the nature of truth. Oh, is it written on a typewriter, right? Yeah. And it's like, there's no Santa, there's no Easter Bunny, there's no Jesus. And that one girl is like, yes, there is a Jesus. There's a God! I just just wish that she would have been like, yes, there is an Easter Bunny. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) What was yours? Mine was the song Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, Mm -hmm. which uh, played... And right at the very end, when Tony breaks the fourth wall to stare into the camera and then close a random curtain. Yes. While that song is playing. That was another thing. That was a genius moment. That freaked me out. It was almost like she was like... That was another thing of like, they didn't set that up tonally of like, they'd never broken the the fourth wall until the very last second. That was just like... If you're trying to do, to do it, though, too much. Yeah. Do it at the last second. Well, I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think set it up in a way where it makes sense, you know? I don't know. Just be annoying for the entire movie. What if Tony, what <laughs> if only Tony, only Tony the whole time looked at the fourth wall only? Like, she always looked like at the fourth Like Fleabag wall. style? Yeah. But like, not. Imagine Like, Fle- she never looked away from the fourth Im- wall. Imagine Fleabag, but the person looking at the camera is supporting character at best. <laughs> <laughs> Fleabag is so good. Fleabag's that fantastic. movie's better. That's another Fleabag. thing that we're like, Tony Collette would kill Fleabag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be well, interesting. Little... It would be different. It would be different. They'd have to change it a little bit. But She would. Know. She could play the godmother. Oh, sure. Or yeah, the yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Olivia. Olivia Colson. Yes, yes, yes. That role. Yeah. Tony Collette should have been, um, fuck, Courtney Cox's character in Scream. Mm. Mm. Tony Collette should have been Monica on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony moment? <laughs> Tony Best moment? Tony moment, who wants to share? Uh, my favorite Tony moment was her completely freaking out at the, uh, uh, at the OBGYN right after giving birth. Like just mm. the just the the energy to have just had a baby and be that mad was I thought incredible and it was supposed to be a girl or whatever she shouts. Uh, I really enjoyed that moment. I thought it was uh tremendous. Yeah. That's my favorite Tony moment. Yeah. My favorite was um when she's photoshopped into all of these like feminist protests throughout <laughs> the ages and then she's at like an abortion clinic <laughs> rally thing. And she starts crying, and this girl is like, why is that lady crying? And the mom goes, she's crying because she's helping Satan. <laughs> Baby killer. Oh, yeah, that was the other person of color in that movie, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Was that person. She saw a mother and daughter relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered her own mother. Mm, and she was like, I must get pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a horrible thing to laugh about on this podcast right now. Nerves are shot. 
Um, my favorite Tony moment, or the best Tony moment for me, was when she was negotiating um, Henry's college scholarship, whatever, with mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the dean, and she like shakes his hand, and then she like they like stand up together while shaking hands, yeah, and yeah, cracking yeah. each other's knuckles. It was very weird. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, "What is this movie about?" I just see a funny scene. Thank you, Tony. I liked the fight that she has with him after, where he's like, "I don't want money," and she's like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Like, yes, you do. Also, like, I, I, that that was one of the few scenes that also worked for me too. Of just like the, the idea of like, you did that for you, mom. You wanted to win that negotiation because yeah. you wanted to negotiate. You didn't do it because you were thinking about my feelings. Like, again, that was there was something here. It was a kernel of goodness somewhere that got completely drowned out. Yeah. And it's like, maybe she does just like to negotiate, but the result was a net positive. Yeah, sure, sure. later, um, Audrey negotiates So, something. like, shut up, Henry. Well, my mom's a big negotiator type, so I, I think I identified with the child in that moment of just oh. like, but you didn't ask me what I wanted, you just went for what you yeah. wanted. You know <gasps> what I mean? Or a during marriage story. Ooh. Ooh, as Tony. Ooh. Oh no, I was saying that like yes, but that was a Laura Dern in marriage story moment. Tony uh, would be so where she's like, where wise. she's like, I got you sixty percent custody and and Scarlett Johansson is like, yeah. why? Tony Collette should be in Big Little Lies season three. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, girl. she's a new person, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm Zoe Kravitz's aunt. <laughs> and I'm here to kill everyone. She goes, I'm black on the inside, <laughs> like the guy in this movie. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Um, custom, um, awards. custom awards. Custom awards. Um, I, I have, I have uh, two. I have a custom award for the production team, and I have a custom award for the actual people in the film. Uh, my uh, award for the cu- uh, production team is uh, 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 most patient casting director okay. <laughs> for the person who had to sit through a hundred little girls screaming oh, because God. of how important that moment was to the film. They must have just seen girl after girl. All right, now you scream as loud as you can, like you're on a roller coaster, oh, <laughs> or getting out of school and have been bullied. It's like they must have so right. endured so many screams. Yeah. Uh, and then my other award would be uh, best forced smile, and that goes to Michael Sheen during the interview where he's clearly just not happy and he has to like painfully make his mouth bend towards smiling Mm -hmm. Uh, i thought he did a really good job of that and i like michael sheen so those are my custom awards the weird runner of how like specifically his like neck sweats whenever he gets anxious Mm -hmm. and he's always like unbuttoning his collar and being like (sighs) and like he's not sweating anywhere else on his body (laughs) like the makeup team couldn't make him sweaty in the face at all he was really committed in this role yeah Um, my custom award was a continuation of your award from Hitchcock, the Uh Tony Collette Slightly Irresponsible Portrayal of Mental Illness Achievement (laughs) Award goes to the moment where Michael Sheen throws his medication out the window Mm -hmm. because he has a son and he doesn't need Mm -hmm. the money. Mm -hmm. We've been there. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another moment I think where the movie thought it really had a message was that moment. I'm like, this. It was this like you just need these chemicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like that's how it goes. What was your customer? Mine is the Canadian Screen Actors Guild <laughs> Award to uh, so many Degrassi cast members in this movie. Ooh, like a lot. I love Degrassi. We all know. Um, whoa, wait, wait, season four, episode eleven. Um, voice, uh, voices carry part one. (laughs) 
But anyway, um, <laughs> Peter from Degrassi is plays the young version of the draft dodging brother. He's such mm-hmm. a bad actor, though. Oh my god. <laughs> um, he dates Sinead Grimes and Nina Dobrev on Degrassi, and then they both left him for the CW. But also, the Muslim teacher is Ali Bandari's mom, and your dad was in a movie with Ali Bandari. What? Yeah. So, you're connected to this film. Wow. Crazy. She's a very thick Indian accent on Degrassi that I thought she just had, but she doesn't. So, I was like, nice. Uh, And then there's another Degrassi actress who is the mom of Audrey in this movie who cheats on Michael Sheen. But she's like, not really. Like, she's on Degrassi, but like, nobody knows that because nobody watched it as long as I did. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she's, she's on it later, so... That's my speech. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So was this a Canadian movie? I don't know. Because it fine. You don't see that many Degrassi actors in a movie unless it's shot. Yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. Maybe. Yeah. Orphan Black is the same way. Huh. Uh, maybe explain the low box office too of like, you know, it played in more oh, of a yeah. Canadian audience or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's a Canadian movie, I feel like. I'm just... Any movie that's like not... <laughs> American. I'm like, oh my god, so Australian, so Canadian, like, so British. Yeah, we make a lot of crap too. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Does anybody have anything to plug? You know, I was joking earlier when I said I don't have anything to plug. I have so much to plug. My name's Ian Heron. I do a live show called the Ian Heron Improv Hour on the first Sunday of the month, which is uh, wrapping up in the next couple of months, so check out our last few shows. I also am the academic director of a comedy uh, institution known as The Greenhouse, which teaches six-week improv classes for $150, the most affordable improv curriculum you'll find anywhere in the New York area. Uh, we work with a lot of great teachers like Ann Beal and Melissa Ulo. Is this coming out this week? Yes. There's a class starting on yes. Sunday at 3 o'clock called Explore New Use that I'm really, really excited about with Melissa Uloa, and uh, we could use you in that class. That's right. You, the police officer listening to this right now. <laughs> and Ava. And Ava. <laughs> and de Blasio. Uh, so, uh, thank you for listening. If you enjoy comedy and want to learn how I approach comedy differently from the way the comedy is in this film, take with the greenhouse. We'd love to see it. We just, I just came here from a greenhouse class show, which was a really rewarding experience. I'm really proud of the program. I love our teachers. I hope you sign up for an improv class soon. Thanks. Oh, uh, armorycomedy.com backslash greenhouse. That's how you find all our classes currently online. Do you think Woo. that if Mayor de Blasio had taken an improv class, he would have gotten far <laughs> further in the Democratic right. primary? You know, it, it's it's possible. I mean, we have been giving private lessons to Bloomberg uh, uh, just to try and make him funny, you know, because he's, I don't know if you guys have seen Bloomberg talk, but he's so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think de Blasio is actually in the race longer than Bloomberg was. Yeah, because he's sure <laughs> in terms of length of time. Yeah, that's that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that. Didn't De Blasio like trash Bloomberg over it though? Yeah, yeah. that's I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let the mayors fight. <laughs> the greenhouse colon no accents. Greenhouse colon no accents. Well, let me be very clear. If you're a cop out there with an accent, we want you in the class. And what we're going to do is we're going to teach you to transcend the accent in terms of your comedy. Here's what's up. If you're a cop, quit. <laughs> what are you doing? Go to therapy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, anyway, vote for Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Do you have anything to plug? 
Um, if you want to get involved in Bernie Sanders' presidential <laughs> yeah. campaign, uh, yeah. you can check out his website. I've been phone banking. I've been text banking. You've and been it's phone a banking? Time. Yeah, it's a really rewarding experience. It's easier so. than you'd think. And yeah, super easy. Well, I donated $15 to Elizabeth Warren a month ago. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Um, pretty well. All right, okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for having me.